This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand. On Blaze TV, radio, and podcast, I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre, brought to you by our friends over at First Cup Coffee Company. They are the Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company that shares your core values of family, community, faith, freedom, and they also make some absolutely outstanding coffee. The Roast On Date... I know it's the Roast Date, but I thought Roast On sounded better. The Roast On Date is on each and every bag... Uh, so many flavors. Aaron, who is a coffee aficionado, raves about it. We've gotten several notes in our inbox from people that have tried it, raving about it as well. If you want to be the next to give it a shot, go to firstcup.com, use the code DAY, save an additional 10% off your order. If you do that, firstcup.com, promo code DAYS, or if you subscribe, you save an additional 10% off for the life of your subscription, firstcup.com, promo code DAYS. All right, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Brian Festa from We the Patriots USA, good friend of the show. He is back uh, to tell us about another key case that they are working on. Next hour, we're going to play our weekly game of Idolatry or Not. And for Pop Culture Tuesday, um, we're going to discuss the latest news where Nefarious is concerned. Some stunning numbers from Amazon Prime uh, and uh, focus on the family nominated nefarious for the best christian movie of 2023 which i have to tell you i I didn't necessarily see coming a very pleasant surprise that was a very pleasant surprise so we'll get into all that with pop culture tuesday also want to remind you uh, my next book is coming out on march the 5th it is book two of my trilogy on america's christian heritage the children's books that uh, we are putting together we did why thanksgiving back in 2022 to great success and now the sequel book why easter jesus died for us so we can live forever is coming out just in time for Resurrection Sunday. March 5th is when it releases. You can pre-order it now at Amazon.com. Look for Why Easter there at Amazon.com. Pre-order it today if you would like to get it. You can also, if you want an autographed copy, uh, order that at PremierCollectibles.com slash Why Easter. PremierCollectibles.com slash Why Easter. And with that, let's get to it. Here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Late Stage Empire. In New York, illegal aliens at Randall's Island Migrant Shelter viciously attacked NYPD officers. It's unclear what precipitated the scuffle. Not to worry, though. The New York Police Department is chock full of very serious individuals, very capable individuals, like their dance team. New York Congressman Jamal Bowman, your thoughts? Our goal is to make sure the hip-hop community has a seat at the table as we work on federal policy. At least not everything in New York has gone to hell because the church is still standing athwart the gates of hell. Anyway, here's St. Patrick's Cathedral last week, which hosted a funeral for a drag queen transgendered atheist named Cecilia Gentili. 
was attended by 1,000 trainees and other degenerates dressed in fishnet stockings and other inappropriate attire. The debauched crowd changed the words to Ave Maria to Ave Cecilia. Gentili's coffin was adorned with the words whore, transvestite, in an excerpt of Psalm 25. Here's what one of the speakers at the funeral had to say about Gentili. This great whore, Saint Cecilia, mother of all whores. Today we say, we see you soon. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, why is that priest just sitting there? Moving on, the Biden administration is considering sending long-range missiles to Ukraine. After months of being asked by Ukrainian officials for those longer-range missiles that could be used to hit targets inside the Crimean Peninsula. It's unclear whether the Biden administration seeks to go around congressional funding to supply those missiles. We missed this a couple of weeks ago. Representatives Pat Ryan, a Democrat from New York, and John James, a Republican from Michigan, introduced the Courage to Serve Act, which provides an expedited path to citizenship for qualified and vetted migrants who serve in the military. Essentially, this is a baby step towards letting illegals join the military for a country they have no vested interest in. What could go wrong? You may have seen the news on Sunday plastered all over your feed about a shooting in Burnsville, Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis. It left two police officers dead and a first responder as well. If you're wondering why that story disappeared faster than you can say Kansas City parade shooting, this is why. This is Shannon Cortez Gooden, a felon who was denied the restoration of his gun rights a few years ago, but whom police say had a collection of guns in his home as police arrived for a reported domestic incident. Jail is where the parents and other adults who allowed this high school basketball game to even start jail for child endangerment. This is a recent girls basketball game between Kip Academy and Collegiate Charter School in Massachusetts, which ended at halftime because this gigantic dude from Kip Academy kept injuring players on the other team, as you can see here. Why in the world parents or other adults in the stands didn't go out and stop the madness after the first instance is a mystery. A trust for the UK's National Health Services has proclaimed that so-called milk produced by men pretending to be women and have taken a concoction of drugs is just as good for babies as milk produced by women. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee study shows 10 out of 10 babies prefer female boobs. And that's what happened while we were away. Oh, boy. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Um, they are concerned about severe disruptions and severe treatments because of shortages of key drugs. Uh, that is why they are now offering up to 294 different medications that you can customize your Jace case with to make sure you're not the next person caught in the ivermectin is now dangerous and shouldn't be taken even though we gave it a Nobel Prize nexus. By the way, ivermectin, that is one of the drugs you can put in your Jace case if you want. Just go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, customize it for you or either a loved one you have uh, i was talking to a good buddy of mine who had moved to tennessee a few years ago adam shout out to you if you're listening today uh he is uh, back in town dealing with his father 
who is uh, suffering through dementia, the kind of thing, Todd, that at the age you and I are approaching now that, you know, we, we and people we know are going to start dealing with stuff like that with their parents. For example, went through this with Amy's dad a couple of years ago. And uh, um, it, if you're at that stage right now and you've got loved ones that you need to take care of, um, this is a great way to make sure that their medications are stocked up just in case of another, shall we call it, emergency. JaceMedical.com is where you want to go. J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. Promo code DACE to take 10% off. Or actually, no, just a discount. Might be 10%. Who knows? It's a surprise. Might be 5 Might be 25 I don't know. JaceMedical.com, J-A-S-E, promo code DACE for the discount. JaceMedical.com, promo code DACE for the discount. Okay, um, where to even begin with that, um, with that montage? Um, I know the saying is history doesn't repeat it rhymes. The saying is wrong. Uh, the, the, the real saying should be history doesn't just repeat, it rhymes. Doesn't just repeat, it rhymes. Meaning that um, the enemy has a hymnal too. The enemy has a greatest hits album. I don't know if you guys have noticed in the last few decades, the enemy is into music too. Have you guys picked up on that maybe in the last few decades? Anything that might have indicated an interest the enemy has in, in music at all? Any thoughts on that? No? Nothing come to mind? Okay. Um, and you don't have to play the record backwards. Just have to play it. Okay. So um, what you see... What, what, what you see, well, first of all, Aaron's entire montage could be just, you know, summed up by the words of the prophet Hosea, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Okay, I mean, everything in that, not, that, that montage that you find disturbing, and should, and everything that you typically find disturbing in a given day has all happened before. It's all been done before. It's all been tried before. There's nothing new under the sun. The, the, the Bible is not... An ancient book that tells us what happened. It is an eternal book that tells us what always happens and what is currently happening. There's nothing changes. There's just new people under the sun who haven't heard it yet. Maybe new instruments, maybe the enemy adds new instruments to his orchestra. But to quote the great prophets who knew a thing or two, Mr. Jimmy Page, about Satanism, um, the song remains the same. So there's like no precedent in human history, is there, of the world's most renowned superpower at the time being so bureaucratically overextended that it has such a dire need of military infrastructure to, uh, to perform its functions and duties that it lowers the level of standard for people to receive such a commission, even to the point of you don't even have to be a citizen now. Any examples of that in history? Indeed, there are. Um, ancient Rome. The Roman Empire did the same thing. Same exact thing. It had a particular fondness for um, ratcheting um, Germanic tribesmen up the ranks as soldiers because they were some of the fiercest fighters that the Roman legions had encountered. I believe this is even depicted in uh, Gladiator at the beginning, right? That's who they fight at the beginning, isn't it? 
like uh, the German Accord. Oh yes, yeah, yes. like basically the, the Visigoths. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's who they fight at the beginning. And uh, one day, speaking of those uh, magical beings known as the Visigoths, one day the Visigoths decide to—they're done taking it from Rome, and so they decide to invade Rome themselves. They start coming over the fence or the wall, and um, funny thing happened. <laughs> funny, haha! Uh, a bunch of those uh, Roman soldiers who weren't actually Romans. Especially the ones that were from the Germanic peoples. Weird thing happened. When the Visigoths came over the wall, they, they didn't fight the Visigoths. They switched jerseys right there. Had a family reunion and helped the barbarians sack Rome. They did that instead. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Other than everything. But this is actually... This is actually, doing this kind of thing is actually not the corrupting influence. It is the result of the corruption. That's the thing you have to understand. And man, and I've talked about this before. It's been a minute, so let me reset. The first time I studied the scriptures, I originally read the Bible cover to cover because I wanted to beat my mother-in-law at Bible categories. True story. I was just collecting facts. But the first time I, I, I studied the scriptures um, all the way through as a spirit-filled believer, one of the things that most radically changed my worldview and, rev- and revolutionized my way of thinking, just blew my mind, is when I got to Romans 1, specifically starting at, it's around verse, what, 17, 18, where Paul says, the wrath of God is revealed upon mankind. And then he begins to itemize what that means. And I went into I went into this thinking that we it, and it's, this is still true to some extent. But I, I thought it was an absolute that we did bad and God judged. That was like the math of the universe. Okay, that's what I thought. It does happen that way, right? It does. Okay. But that that was like the only way it happened. And, but when you read Romans 1, you read something else. God gave them over to their own depraved minds to do what must not be done. Be, why? Why did he do this? What would be the, the point? What would be the inflection point where our creator would do such a thing? When we exchanged the truth for a lie, meaning we, we took the most fundamental singular truth of the universe. There is one God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here is the Lord your God. The Lord your God is one. There's one God. Everything else is a lie. Either a fiction, imaginary, or a demon. Those are your, our options. Allah doesn't exist. Well, the best case scenario is that he doesn't. Worst case scenario is he's a demon. Make sure that makes the Media Matters newsletter this weekend. It's only Tuesday. Just warm it up. So when we do that, when when we believe we have the power or authority to remove God from his throne and behave 
Likewise. That is the point then where according to Romans 1, God will remove his restraining hand on a culture, what sometimes has been referred to as common grace, natural law, general revelation, whatever your theological term, it's been discussed and debated in Catholic and Protestant circles uh, for centuries. Okay, but that essentially that restraining hand is removed. And we are then given over. Like we can commit great sins and that will cause a judgment. Okay, but collectively, when a society or a subculture decides that it is going to now not just disobey God, but declare that it is God and therefore is able to determine who is and isn't God other than God himself, who the maker of the heavens and the earth so that no one is with has an excuse. Everybody knows all these things got here by some means beyond ourselves. When we do that, we are then given over to our own depraved minds. We're basically ingrates. We're out of, we're, we're, to use a Catholic term here, we're excommunicated, basically. We are no longer, we're, we're, not, we're not estranged now. We, there's been a divorce. I'm glad you used that term because within Catholic teaching, excommunication is something we do to ourselves. Which is a mirroring of Romans 1. And then right. the church just recognizes Correct. that that's what you're describing. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. And God is recognizing that too. Okay. Have, basically, God goes Burger King. Have it your way. Yeah. That's what he does. Have it your way. I'm, I'm doing something else now. You got this. Go for it. All bugger yourselves all the way to hell. That's a scary proposition. That's why the scriptures say the Lord chastens those whom he loves. The Lord disciplines those whom he loves. When he stops disciplining, that's when you, you give out the same oh-oh you do when Carl Lewis starts singing the national anthem. Uh-oh! That's... And it feels like that's kind of where we are, honestly. When you look at this stuff. And God said he's not going to destroy us with a flood again, but he had other plans. Yes. And that ties into what you saw there at St. Patrick's Cathedral. By the way, who's the Cardinal of New York? Dolan. Timothy Dolan. He's spoken at the Democratic National Convention, the Republican Convention. He's no stranger to the camera and the media. No, likes it. Yeah, likes it quite a bit, in fact. Been pretty quiet. Quiet as kept last few days from what I've seen on this, right? Even though this is his home church? Yeah, we were misled. Now, there is a common antidote to when a society falls into this. I'm coming up now on the book of Judges in my Bible in a Year reading plan. And this is an Old Testament description of when a society comes to a Romans 1 New Testament explanation, hermeneutic. So what did God do? He gave people, the theological term here, the stained glass window term is anointing. You can call it inspiration, a calling, a conviction, uh, a special dispensation of some kind to act. 
counterculturally, confrontationally, to confront the spirit of the age. And their stories are throughout the scriptures. Gideon, Samson may be the most famous, certainly the most problematic. Even a woman was once called Deborah. But, but these were people that were called to lead the people in righteous confrontation to the spirit of the age that had succumbed the entire society. Keep in mind, by the way, Judges is the period of history right after the death of Joshua. Other than Moses, the greatest leader of the Israel, Israelite people. The one who actually carries them into the promised land, leads them there. What do you say about when you let go of the rope, Steve? It goes fast. I mean, this was this was not very long. They, I mean, they let go of the rope, man, and it went and it went fast. I know it seems like we're you know we're gonna have a 250th birthday in 20 uh, or in two years. That's um, in the grand scheme of human history. That's not very long. And so. In the interim, what do we do with this? What do we do? Well, without revival, we are doomed. And we've been a revival or bust show since for many years, even before you guys came to work here. I was saying that on this show. So what happens in the interim? In the interim, what do we do? All right. Take notes. I have a very complicated explanation here coming up of what we do. Ready? Everybody ready? Got your keyboards ready? All right. What do we do? We do. And that'll do it for today's show. We're done here. We do. What do we do? We do. What does that look like? Well, I don't just sit there in the bleachers while my daughter is getting the turds beat out of her by a guy in a girls basketball game. I don't do that. We can all debate what we should do and how far we should go. I long to have these debates. But first, we have to win the debate. First, before we go there, okay, before we discuss what is the proper course of action, what are the rules of engagement, how far is too far, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, First, we must win this argument. So for, for right now, I'm only interested in winning this argument. You have to get off your ass. You have to get up. You have to do. You have to do. Not just sit there. Not just watch. You have to do. Got to do. Got to do something. That's kind of the answer to everything, honestly. Get up to do. Not just hang out and listen, tweet furiously, blog, seethe, and cope. Uh, you know, uh, privately express frustrations via 37 anonymous, uh, you know, um, uh, handles and avatars on social media. I mean, life's a participatory sport, you know. Speaking specifically to the men, man, I, I mean, I really think she's something. I, I wish I could, 
you know, have a relationship with that gal. Well, you should uh, do something. You could try maybe talking to her. Thoughts. Uh, do. You got to do. We have to do things. We got to do it. And so what is Samson famous for? Doing stuff. Not always the right stuff, by the way. Did plenty of stuff at Canaanite brothels. That's for dang sure. Did plenty of stuff there. You know what he also did? Took the most sacred temple of the Philistines to their fish demon Dagon. And he took their pillars and he plunged them face down and their fish demon face down in the dirt. And all of the demonic revelers within that structure perished under the weight of his action. He did something. What did Gideon do? He led the, the first 300. He did something. What did Deborah do? Well, because the guy wouldn't do, she had to do it. So she did. They did stuff. They, they, they did it. And then the, the stuff in the Bible that we read about, we don't read about what they thought. We don't read about um, their frustrations and anxieties. Um, we read about the stuff that they did. They, they did stuff. Well, I mean, that's how we founded the country. The founders just declared independence, and the king said, very eloquent. Good luck to you. See how this works out. That's how it went, right? That's, how it went. that's what happens. They got together in Philadelphia in the summer of 1776, declared independence. That's all they had to do, right? Just make a declaration? Just had to write something? It was not. No, no. Something about lives, fortunes, sacred honors. Yeah, it took five, like years that, of, yeah. took five years of doing stuff, right? If I recall, five years of doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, FDR just wheels up to the podium there in Congress on December 8th, 1941, and declares uh, war. And the Japanese, the Japs are like, well, crap, man, they declared war, I guess. They've spoken. And they just, you know, immediately surrendered. Is that what happened? Or did, did that generation have to, did have to do something? Had they to did. do something. You're reminding me of that uh, great scene on the uh, the train in uh, the darkest hour when Churchill's trying to figure out what to do, and he just wants that to talk to the scene. common people. Yeah. And there's literally like maids and housewives are just like, if the what he he wants to know what happens if the Nazis reach our shore. He said, "We'll fight them with our broomsticks." Mm-hmm. What if you go on the train today here in America? What if you go into that gym? I don't. I, I just know we have to do something. I mean, I, I mean, I, we can all debate what it is to do, what's appropriate to do, what's not appropriate to do, how far to go, what the rules of engagement are. And again, I, I long and look forward to these sorts of conversations, but we're not there yet. We're not. We can, we first have to win the argument that we have to do things. We have to do them. We have to do them. Do you know why my children don't try lying to me? Think they did try when they were little? I'm certain of it. Of course they did. You know why? Because they're human. Yeah, so they're sinners. So when I told them not to lie to me, and then they tried it, what, 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 what happened next, do you think? I did something so that it wouldn't happen again. Made an example. I told you. I meant it. So it wasn't that I told them not to lie to me that... 
when they were little that stopped them from lying to me, was it? It was not. It was that I did something when they tried it. That's what caused them to stop. See where I'm going with this? Somebody has to do something. And all the bad guys who keep doing stuff to us that we may or may not complain about, it's usually done because they know we won't that's right. do something. That, that's exactly right. So they right. will. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you shocked that, you know, 72 hours after um, New York City put a bunch of overweight women on television from their police corps uh, as their new dance troupe, that the migrants are literally just in the same city or just like showing no fear of authority whatsoever? I mean, that's who you sent to us? And we're really talking to the men here, really. I'm not asking women to do one more thing. Whether pick your group, Moms for Liberty, go back to COVID, you know, whether it's our friend Megan Brock or there were so many women like her, you know, walk into the drugstore without a mask. I, no, no, done. Not asking, I'm not asking women to do one more thing. I'm not. Just talking right now to the men. And believe me, your women, I get their emails. They want me to talk to you like this. They're begging me to. It's time to act. Now, power under control, meekness. Not reactionary, not let me let me be a let me be a dumbass so I, I fulfill every talking point. I'm the I'm the entire conversation on the view tomorrow. Don't, don't do that. Don't be stupid. Don't go from one stupidity to embracing another. Okay? Power under control. But it is time to act. Imagine if one dad walks onto the floor of that game and goes full Telemachus. Just says, stop this. Doesn't get angry, doesn't cuss, doesn't swing a fist at anybody. Just walks onto the floor and says, that's enough. We're not doing this anymore. Make it stop. But that would require agreeing we must do things. Do things. Or... You can be the guy uh, breastfeeding poison to his kids that the same people that told you COVID jabs were safe is perfectly healthy for your child. You could do that instead. Constitution Wealth is the Patriot's choice in wealth management. If you are one of those people, you try to be a discriminating shopper, avoid doing business with people who hate you when you can. You can't always do that, unfortunately, but at least a few in a few places you can. If you're doing that, why not apply that to your retirement, to your investment portfolio? Uh, they can help you do that at Constitution Wealth. They can help you build a solid investment plan that reduces your investments in ESG, DEI, and CEI, as well as woke corporations, and in doing so, help you to be profitable while prophetically fighting the culture war with your most powerful weapon, your money, and your voice. This is your opportunity to help build the parallel economy, work with an investment firm comprised of professionals who are patriots just like you. Where do you find them? Right here. ConstitutionWealth.com slash Steve. Go there today. Sign up for a free consultation to get you started at ConstitutionWealth.com slash Steve. Let's welcome in uh, back to the program Brian Festa from We the Patriots USA. Brian, good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? 
Uh, I'm okay, you know, just sitting about as good as you can be watching the decline and fall of Western civilization, which includes cases like one you want to tell our audience about today involving tranny madness, Brian. Yeah. Um, again, I think I feel like I say this to you all the time, Steve, that when I was in law school, I never expected to be uh, doing this, to be practicing this kind of law. Um, you know, it wasn't even that long ago, to be honest with you. I'm not one of these who's been out there practicing for, you know, 30 or 40 years. Uh, so we're really only talking like 15 years ago. Um, but honestly, um, it's just unbelievable this is the world we live in. So Mirella Ramirez is a kindergarten teacher or was a kindergarten teacher in Oakland, California. Now, right away, once I say Oakland, California, that probably tells you everything you need to know. Um, but she was disciplined initially for refusing to use preferred pronouns to refer to her five-year-old female student. So she's got a five-year-old girl in her class and the parents and the school district start pressuring her to um, participate in this girl's transition to say that you have to call this girl a boy now. Well, that raises a whole host of problems for Morella because she's a devout Catholic. It's uh, it's against her sincerely held religious beliefs to uh, refer to a male as a female, a female as a male. God created only uh, you know two genders, and He creates. He creates each of us perfectly, as you know. He forms us in the womb uh, before we're even born. He knows uh, who's going to be male, who's going to be female, and there's no changing that. No matter what you can do surgically or whatever else, there's no changing that. You believe that, I believe that, she believes that. She told the school she believes that. The school said, well, too bad. Uh, essentially, they said, uh, gender identity trumps your religion in so many words. Um, and they cited for her a uh, portion of the California Education Code. It's uh, section 220 of the California Education Code. And it says that to discriminate on the basis of gender identity um, is against the law. But what it also says, and admittedly, it's like one or two lines down from there, that it's also illegal to discriminate on the basis of one's religion in a public school. Of course, they didn't read that part or they didn't tell her about that part, Steve. They only told her about the gender identity part and said she was in violation of Section 220 of the Education Code of the state of California. So um, she fought back. She refused. They placed her on administrative leave. So she contacted us like a year and a half ago originally. I said, Morella, we can't do anything yet. They haven't fired you. Keep in touch with me. I gave her my number, my email. We've been in close communication. So finally, just about... I think two months ago, she reached out to me and said, Brian, they're finally moving forward with the termination. I have my final termination hearing with the union coming up. Um, can you guys defend me? And I said, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna. We're still in this fight. Uh, we need to fight against this evil everywhere. And, and she and I um, obviously share you know, the same uh, religious beliefs as well and are firmly against um, all of this transgender indoctrination, especially, especially of a five-year-old. I mean, that's I mean, it sickens me at any age, but but for a five-year-old child that they're telling her that you have to participate in the transitioning of this child from female to male, it was just utterly disgusting. How there's clearly a conflict here uh, legally. Um, on one hand, California says it wants to strongly enforce training madness and has codified that at a statute level. And then at the other, on the other hand, says it wants to strongly defend 
religious beliefs uh, within the education environment and, and has codified that at a statute level as well. Would the recent trend line of the laws of the state of California indicate which of those two it currently is more willing to, because um, they can't both coexist. This case is proof of that. These two things can't coexist. They're going to have to choose one. So right. the current trend line of California, Brian, seems to indicate to me that it likely has, or am I wrong? No, I mean, unfortunately, sadly, I mean, California once was a red state before we called them red states, right? California elected Ronald Reagan, remember? Um, so uh, California was not always California, but yes, uh, California and unfortunately the, the federal courts, the Ninth Circuit, uh, have seemed to be trending in that direction to be uh, defending uh, these rights as paramount, these transgender, LGBTQ, whatever rights as paramount. Um, but the Constitution, the preamble of the Constitution specifically says that that document is the supreme law of the land. Those words are in there. Our founding fathers, our framers, put those words in there. Okay, so it doesn't matter that there is state law to the contrary. And guess what? As you know, as your listeners well know, the First Amendment contains religious freedom. Mm -hmm. It says nothing about gender identity or, you know, some sort of trans agenda or, or um, you know, LGBTQ. None of that is in the Constitution, but religious freedom is. And this is where California has to be very, very careful, but they're not. A public school district is an agent of the state, is considered a state agency. It's a state actor. So the First Amendment of the United States Constitution and all of the Bill of Rights applies to the state via the 14th Amendment. That's well-settled law that's going back, uh, you know, almost 100 years now in our jurisprudence that those uh, Bill of Rights, those rights that are enumerated there, apply to the states through the 14th Amendment. Uh, it's called the Incorporation Doctrine. So very clearly, the state of California has a, a burden to uh, protect religious liberty, religious freedom, above all, because that is the supreme law of the land. If they have a state law to the contrary, the Constitution of the United States needs to trump that. They know better, but they're hoping to get away, or we're hoping to get away with one here, because most people, unfortunately, um, don't fight back. They're scared, they just wanna keep their jobs, and I get it, you gotta put food on the table, right? Mm -hmm. But not at the cost of compromising your religious beliefs. You, you owe a duty to God first, and then, man. Um, the, you, you are to obey all lawfully constituted civil authority as a Christian. But what comes before that is God's law. The caveat there is, is if you're being told to do something that contradicts the law of God, you do not obey it. So are you looking at a federal suit here then to get away from yeah. the California court, courts essentially? Because you, you're making an argument that they're in violation of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Therefore, this, had, this has federal jurisdiction, right? Absolutely. We will be filing a federal lawsuit. Um, we haven't filed it yet uh, because we do have to go through the administrative process first with the EEOC um, because there's a Title VII violation as well. And we want to preserve those claims. So we do have to file the, the law provides for the administrative process. But what you do is you file with the EEOC and you ask them for what's called the right to sue. They release their jurisdiction and then you take it to federal court. So we're going through uh, that process right now. And then, yes, we will be filing a lawsuit in federal court. 
Um, and, um, you know, obviously there's state claims as well, because California law does protect religious freedom still. It's mm -hmm. still in there. Even mm -hmm. they admitted it in the uh, education code they quoted her. It still says it's illegal to discriminate on the basis of religious belief uh, or religion. So um, absolutely, we have state claims as well, but those can be included in our federal lawsuit because there's something called supplemental jurisdiction where a federal court can take, um, you know, attendant state claims along with the federal claims. But we have to preserve those federal claims uh, most of all because the United States Constitution protects religious freedom. Um, now, listen, the parents, pe people have approached me, Steve, and said, well, what about parental rights? Because obviously we've done a lot of litigation concerning vaccines against, you know, the parents' right to choose what goes in their children's body and vaccine exemptions. We have a case right now at the United States Supreme Court that's under review, which they've just ordered the state of Connecticut to respond to, uh, to restore religious exemptions in the state of Connecticut and possibly all throughout the country where they've been lost. That's an extremely important case and it's about parental freedom as much as it's about religious liberty. But here's the difference. What you're, what this case is doing is it's telling a parent that they can impose their religious on a teacher now. That's not, not anything we've ever said. Okay, so it's not a contradiction. I just want to make that clear. We've never said, okay, you have your religious beliefs, but now it goes a step further and you can impose those religious beliefs on other people because that would go actually, that would contradict everything that we've said is that we are all make decisions for our own families um, and we are sovereign, really. We're sovereign beings and we don't get to dictate to others what they should believe or shouldn't believe. Um, but that's essentially what the school is saying. And the school has actually instituted a state-sponsored system of religious beliefs here. What do I mean by that is they've placed into the classroom this construct where a male can turn into a female, a female can turn into a male, gender is fluid, there's more than two genders even. And they've told teachers and students that they must bow down and adhere to this. So it's actually also a violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. It's not just the Free Exercise Clause, it's the Establishment Clause because they're taking a state-sponsored system of religious beliefs, imposing that in the classroom and saying that supersedes your Christian beliefs absolutely a violation of the United States Constitution, and we do intend to pursue it to the full uh, extent of the law. Have there been any cases of precedent on this issue similar to this one yet that you've seen? No, not on this issue. Obviously, we've heard a lot about litigation um, about parents who are fighting against the school district. Um, we've seen that. We've seen parents speak out at, at school district meetings. Uh, there is some litigation going on about parents uh, who are trying to fight against the curriculum that's being offered in the school. Um, I don't see any precedent in California, specifically on this issue, though, where it comes to a teacher fighting back, because most of the of, of the teachers actually, this is the first case I know of in the entire nation, never mind California, where a teacher has specifically stood back and say, you can't force me to do this in the workplace. I believe this is a more important case than, than the cases even being filed by parents. And the reason I say that is because the teachers are the people on the inside that are teaching our children. When you, you send your child off for seven, eight hours a day, they are in charge. There's even a legal doctrine um, that they have legal custody. They stand um, you know, in, in the place of the parent you know, for those seven hours. Uh, so we need good teachers like Marilla to be able to keep their jobs and to be able to say, no, when your child is in my classroom, I'm not going to teach them that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's been adopted by the Board of Education, even if it's state law that I have to teach that, I'm allowed not to teach it. Okay. And that's, this is, 
this is a monumental case because if we win this case, and I believe we will, uh, the United States it might have to go to the United States Supreme Court. But this will set a precedent all across the nation that we can have good teachers, Christian teachers, God-fearing teachers in the classrooms to fight back from the inside and said, Board of Education, you can make whatever policies, whatever curriculum you want, but in my classroom, it's not gonna happen. And then parents can choose to have their, their students in those classrooms. Can our audience help you with this effort at all, Brian, if they'd like to? As always, Steve, um, we are always in need of funding, so I appreciate that. Yes, if you go to wethepatriotsusa.org, if you want to support this case, we would greatly appreciate that. We do have a fundraiser for Mirella. Um, obviously, the way we operate, we don't charge clients legal fees. We never do. It's always pro bono. We bear the cost. But the only way we can continue to do that is if people support us with donations. Um, last year, as you know, because of you know this economy, Bidenomics, whatever you want to call it, was a really difficult one for nonprofits and fundraising. And of course, we were no exception. We were, you know, probably, <laughs> we probably had it worse in some ways because we're, you know, uh, we're targeted um, and we're seen as conservative or, or right-leaning, even though we're apolitical. Um, and so we're heavily censored. So yes, anything anyone can do, wethepatriotsusa.org. We always appreciate, we appreciate your listeners. Uh, you have a great, very loyal audience and, and God bless all of them. Appreciate that, Brian, and all the work you guys do. Go to their website if you want to support this landmark case, wethepatriotsusa.org. Again, all one word, wethepatriotsusa.org is where you can go. Appreciate the work you guys do, Brian. God bless you, man. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. What a mess. I mean, we are, because we don't adhere to the laws of nature and nature's God, they're put in a position, as you heard Brian articulate, of seemingly arguing against parental rights. Well, parents don't have the right to do to their child whatever they want, right? You can't beat your kid, etc. okay? But when you lose that plumb line, when you lose that cornerstone that puts everything else, the rest of the pieces of the puzzle into context and into place, you end up with these catch-22s. You end up with these lady or the tiger Hobbes choices here, Hobson choices here, you know? Um, because I can, I can see in our current legal environment why there would be concern about this when there should not be. But, but if we don't have the right cornerstone in place, then we are nothing other than a collection of dueling, D-U-E-L, dueling self-interest at that point. A moral and religious people and no other. Right. Steve, do you remember, and I know you do because you covered it, uh, and I listened to it before I worked for you, back in between 2000 and 2004, all those marriage amendments in, that passed, something like 33, wasn't there? Yeah, we won 32 in a row. Yeah. So in states like California and California. Oregon back yeah. then, yeah. we just got done talking top of this hour about how quickly things go mm-hmm. when you let go of the rope. Steve, we were... That was election day 2008. We were roughly Aaron's age yeah. back then. And so back, back then, there was just like a clear... Yeah. We knew those were liberal states, but like if we would have told those people that they would have been dealing with this, then it's a, that's crazy talking. If it ever did over our dead body, no matter where state we live in. And now we're up in Minnesota, Steve, right here in Iowa, up in Minnesota, over in Illinois legislation about taking your kids away. If you don't gender affirm, Mm -hmm. this is why it's way more than rhetoric. When we say things about letting go of the rope, you don't, these aren't options for you. 
Think about it. Whatever mnemonic you need to figure this out. One plus one equals two. Gravity. Whatever. You guys are defying the laws of nature, and it's kicking your ass. We're going to essentially ask federal judges to choose which religion is the yes. religion of state. Yes. Is yeah. it state-mandated gender ideology, or is it actual religion? You know, real religion. Good luck. Religion undefiled or religion defiled? Yep. Yeah. Hour two is next. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Then you can let us know what you think about what we think. Use the stevedace.com inbox. Easy for me to say. Uh, email the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also, uh, if you are a podcast listener and have not yet done so, leave us a five-star review. And thank you to all of you that have. And also make sure if you're a podcast listener that you hit subscribe or if you're on iTunes, follow. That way every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. If you missed yesterday's show, I would urge you, it's one of the most important shows we've done in a minute. Uh, and thank you to Tracy Beans from Uncover DC for walking us through the initial V-safe data from CDC on the COVID jab and all the disturbing material that's in there. Uh, do not miss yesterday's episode, but especially that conversation with Tracy. Go get the podcast of that. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube as well. Do not, at least for now. <laughs> we'll see how long that episode lasts on YouTube, Aaron. That may be the. La- how many? I was surprised. They they do have AI now that goes through and actually transcribes. Yeah. The the program, and so they can flag keywords and even if it's not in the now? description. Yeah. And uh, went through that entire process yesterday, and no flags. Yet. Yet. We we, sh- we shall see how long it lasts up there. I- I've got a bone to pick with our friends at Miracle Made because man, I have raved about these sheets. Okay. But now I got to keep it real, man. I have a problem, okay? And it happened again this morning. And this morning was the most egregious example. I have been having a problem for the last couple of months with my Miracle Made sheets when the alarm goes off, turning it off, and then falling back asleep. And then I'll wake myself up like in 10, 15 minutes, like, no, I got to go, got to go. <clears throat> this morning, I did not do that. Um, and if my, my wife's alarm, she has, this is one of her therapist work days, so she had to get up. If my wife's alarm had not gone off, I might still be snuggling with these very comfy sheets. And it's been a long time since I just, but these sheets are kind of a gateway drug. We were eventually going to get here. I mean, it started with just an extra five minutes here, an extra 10 minutes here. And then this morning we, we crossed the, the, um, I haven't said this yet in 2024. This is in the conservative media official handbook of phrases to utilize. This morning we crossed the Rubicon. 
Todd, make a note. We got it in. Bing. Uh, we crossed the Rubicon, and I would, I would still have been sleeping if not for the fact my wife has an even more obnoxious alarm than I do. So if that sounds like a problem you want to have, these are your sheets. They are phenomenal. They're temperature regulating, and they're very comfy. They're just very comfy. I would highly recommend them. Go to Miracle, uh, trymiracle.com slash Dace if you want to try them today. Trymiracle.com slash Dace. If you order today, you can save over 40% off. Use our promo code Dace at checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an additional 20% off. You can't miss that, folks. Just These are phenomenal. I highly would recommend them. Trymiracle.com slash Dace. Use the promo code Dace for all the big discounts. Trymiracle.com, promo code Dace. All right. Are we ready for some idolatry or not this week, gentlemen? Just seems redundant. It does. After, you know, not knowing when I put this together yesterday, not knowing what Aaron's montage is going to be today, and it does seem like we should just rerun Aaron's montage and <laughs> just do that. Okay. But I do have a few things here that were not in Aaron's montage, actually, that I saw trending or I saw that were that inter- interested me on social media this week or in, the, you know, since we did this in the last, since we did this last week. So since last Tuesday. And so I've, I've collected several of them and I'm, I'm here to ask you guys, is it idolatry or not? Meaning, is it just an opinion, even if it's right or wrong? Just an opinion. Or is this straight up spirit of the age um, branding? Straight up. What's the current over under on just general idolatry or not? You don't even know what the topic is, who you're asking. What's the over under currently? You mean of the ones we're about to talk about? Of any. Of anything? Of anything. What's I mean, my, so I got asked about this yesterday on Twitter. A guy asked me, or over the weekend, somebody asked me, Dude, what is it just an opinion? Why does everything have to be an idolatry? And I'm like, well, have you looked at the opinions people are giving? Exactly. This is (laughs) my point. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's, but this is an important question. So let's clarify. Uh, We're not here to provide, none of us, none of us here are canonized or, you know, trained theologians. So we're not here to give like official declarations of terms. Okay. We're just, you know, learned laymen doing our best to, incor- to imperfectly, as imperfect beings, incorporate a biblical worldview into this show about current events, okay? So, for the purposes of this show, which is a nice way of saying this is the best the three of us can do, all right? For the purposes of this show, let's define idolatry as an expressed attempt for the purposes of this segment— the intent here is to perpetuate, introduce, advance, incorporate the dogma of the spirit of the age. It's an intent. Similar to, you know, we have a rule on, we have one rule for guests on our show. There's two. Don't take the Lord's name in vain and uh, um, don't lie uh, to us. Meaning that, what you can believe we may think is a lie. Like, you know, early in my career, I did a couple of long form debates with a, an Islamic apologist on my show. I thought almost everything he said was a, was a lie, but he wasn't dishonest in saying it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was an, he was earnestly representing what I view to be, uh, um, 
um, an unbiblical, you know, uh, demonic viewpoint. Okay. But, but his intent was not to, to be deceptive. It's just maybe he himself was deceived. Make sense. Mm -hmm. How do we, is that okay guys? If we apply that here on the, for for the purpose of this segment moving forward, if, is it just an opinion, even if it's whacked out, you're like, okay, but it's just an opinion. Let's not go too far. Or is there an intent here? Is there an intent here to advance, introduce, incorporate, spread, perpetuate the dogma of the spirit of the age? Fair? Yep. All right. Let's go to number one. It turns out every form of music was stolen from black people. I don't know if you saw our last block, we were talking about the conservative outcry over Beyonce's upcoming country album. One could joke this whole affair illustrates uh, that the far right actually really hates cultural appropriation, but black people have always been a part of folk and country music. You want to weigh in on that? If white people hated cultural appropriation, then they shouldn't have created music because every form of music in America was stolen from black people, rock and roll, jazz, blues, country pop music. So if you have a problem with cultural appropriation, mm. y'all created classical music. Y'all could have stuck with that. <laughs> Roll a piano in this concert. You see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, it only applies to the fact that, well, we don't like this thing. We can't steal this thing. Right. Listen, we keep showing up. We keep showing up and we keep doing well. Y'all let us do gymnastics. You saw what happened. Y'all let us do golf. You saw what happened. Now we in tennis. Listen, when we start messing with the Winter Olympics, it is over for y'all. I, apologize, I don't apologize for the inconvenience. Stop letting us do your sports. Calm down. So it's like, of course you want to be upset. You're literally running out of quarterbacks. Right. So it can't be it's a conservative outcry. Y'all have nothing else to be yeah. mad about. That's all it is. Because if you want to be upset about something, gun control. You have all the time to fix that, but you wouldn't be mad at a Beyonce album? Girl, don't nobody think about them. They sound stupid. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about your book. Um, Let's got- not. Okay. So, I don't know who that is, and what cracks me up about that clip, by the way, if you look at MSNBC's demographics, like, no black people watch MSNBC. <laughs> None of them do. Like, 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 there just isn't. Like, maybe not a single black person in America, unless they are a tenured professor at a university, watches MSNBC. It's almost all your affluent white suburban, exurban, or gated community uh, folks are watching that. And just like nodding along and cheering, yes, smite me, smite me, smite me more, right? Anyway, that's separate from, is what you just saw, is that idolatry or not? What started that again? Was it the Super Bowl? I I have no idea what the whole Beyonce thing is. I have no idea. I don't know, and I don't care. It's just, not even... Yeah, so the impetus for it, I, I have no idea. I don't know what Beyonce is up to and haven't paid much attention since Single Ladies. I believe that song is about 15 years old. I did old. see something like Beyonce did like a country music. Okay. I, that that would be news to me. I don't... I, I had no idea oh, that Beyonce did a country music. I album. went off this ride. Yeah. It's... Yes, it's... You've already told me... More, you've, already, you've already imputed more context than I cared to even try to provide. Yes, it's idolatry. The idol is race... That's all I got. Uh, I mean, it's also dumb. I mean, it is true that, you know, some forms of popular music were absolutely stolen from, uh, or appropriated, if you prefer that term, from the black community. Rock and roll would be certainly be one of I them. Don't, but it, I don't know if dueling banjos was appropriated this is from why the black it's an community idol. It's or not. not stole, are we supposed to like what you do, or are we supposed to hate what you there do? There it is, right there. That's why this is an idol. There, there it is, right there. What do you want? There it is right there. If, 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 
if the if a if a championship college women's team says I won't listen to gangster rap, they're racist, right? If they but if they say but if they do listen to gangster rap and they quote it in in a social media posting, then they're racist for quoting it. You 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 can't win either way. So if if you if I don't want to listen to it because I think it's it's trash music, I'm a racist. I do want to use it. I do love the music and I quote from it even the part where it uh, drops the end bomb. I'm a racist. So I'm a racist if I listen to your music and quote it. I'm a racist if I don't because I don't like it. I can't win. Exactly. And also you reverse this whole thing. It's clear just re- Cheryl Swoops and Jay Williams are resentful of Kaylin Clark because she's white. That's clearly the issue. Yeah. Now, to Cheryl Swoops' credit, she actually did apologize yesterday. Uh, I know that did yeah. f- uh, finally happen. But uh, see, but again, this is just an idol of race. Never be threatened by anybody's excellence. I, I've told my kids this from the beginning once they get involved in sports. No, oh, bad sportsmanship, I don't tolerate any of that. Killed people in contempt for that. But like, it just, that person's really good. Do not be threatened in any way, shape, or form by that. That's just somebody doing uh, what they can with God's gifts. Period. End of sentence. Don't care about your color. Aaron? Yeah, there is, this is so many levels of just evil that I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's necessary to respond. If that makes sense. It's just, it's, it's so evil on so many levels. There is a concerted effort, and this is just an outcrop, a little example at the granular level, of making sure that people of a particular skin color are put in a position of heads I win, tails you lose. Correct. That is evil. Mm-hmm. It's just evil. It's racism, actually, is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it would be an example of systemic racism, actually. Correct. Yeah. All right, next one. Did you see this, by the way? Did you see this? This is an actual commercial for Amber Alerts, I think, out of Canada. Did you see this going around? This was, I think this was many years ago, but this this went viral yesterday. It's of a white woman with a uh, white little girl, and she's walking down the street, asks her what kind of uh, ice cream she wants to get. She starts to see a black guy kind of coming out of the shadows to look at her. So she starts running a little bit faster. She ends up in a park and she's immediately surrounded by a host of brown and black people. And one of the individuals that surrounds her hands his phone to a police officer uh, with the message saying that that little girl is the victim of an Amber Alert and she was kidnapped by the, the white woman. Would that be systemic? Would that be an example of what we're talking about here? What it do you think or is just a ham-fisted attempt to make a a point not to judge a book by its cover probably both probably both agreed all right we've now entered into the Russian portion of this conversation saw this meme over the weekend mom I'm scared I don't want to go to war white affluent progressive mom who is who's really watching MSNBC because black people aren't honey quit being selfish I don't like the president of Russia Aaron idolatry or not uh, of course, that's idolatry. That's why you don't have to worry about the, that kind of kid going to war. It's going to be the uh, the kids of uh, Christians and um, right wingers that are that are going to be sent, or at least attempted to be sent to war. I mean, all that kid has to do, Todd, is go to his mom and say, "Hey, I'm feeling pretty," and he's four F, man, right? Slap some uh, slap some boobies on him. You can also give some uh, fake uh, breast milk. Uh, uh, 
chemical poison to his uh, you know future children once he starts menstruating, right? That's his ticket out. I mean, what's funny is when Colonel Klingler did this 50 years ago, it was clearly self-parody. Clearly. Now it's... It's reality. God. Uh, it's an idol, but it's even... It's not... No one knows anything about Ukraine or Russia still. The idol is something else. The, the, the idol is the, the spirit of the age that you you can that 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 mom can be convinced to say and do anything to her child so that she's in the good graces of whatever the cult is that take out russia put in whatever she'll say the same lie to her kid let's stick with russia because it is the era of russia 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 david sachs pretty wealthy dude who's gotten increasingly red-pilled in recent years. He wrote over the weekend, Putin, or last week, Putin is the new COVID and invented panic to justify stealing our money. It's Todd. Not, right, Aaron, you want to go first? Go ahead. Sure. That's, it's not idolatry. That's, that's called just having your eyes open. Uh, ask me, tell me what I'm describing here. An opaque threat emerges from a faraway land and the only claims that are made about this threat are ones that cannot possibly have any chance of being confirmed or vetted by the average person. This is the playbook they run over and over and over again. Iraq, weapons of mass destruction, COVID, here, Putin, here, whatever the hell is going on in Ukraine. That's the same playbook. Yep, what he said. It isn't. It's just having eyes wide open. Let's do one more on Russia. This is for me. I posted this on Sunday. I don't want to go to war with Russia. I don't want us to be more like Russia. I want us to once again be the country that once ended Soviet Russia. idolatry or not from me am i nostalgic for an era that maybe never existed well no i mean i sit next to you every day i you i mean when i even when, when i say we have to go back i don't mean we can just somehow make it the 80s again and i don't think you've ever given any impression even though you say we're America bitches that that's a possibility either so no and for you know and also that's what as much as we wax poetic about the past it's it it's also what got us here sure uh we we flew too close to the sun we didn't regularly thank god for all the gifts that we had been given we did put this thing on autopilot we uh males uh as you, as i've said before it's it's not a leisure pursuit but almost all the males of the modern era think that uh, when i even bring that up they say what am i not allowed to have hobbies i'm talking about you I think it's a dude code violation if, especially after Todd said you're, that's, this is not idolatry for me to confirm that it's not idolatry. So I'm going to say 
yes, you are being idolatrous. Let the <laughs> let the past die. Kill it. Kill if it. you have to. If you have to. I'm going to be honest with From you. From Todd's favorite movie. Was the was the America of the 80s as I understand it much better off, much better. Had much more of an intact, unscarred soul than the America of the 2020s. Absolutely. Is the America of the 1980s, though, capable of reversing co- course uh, from the America of the 2020s? No. Now, no. I don't know, because right. no. I wasn't alive That's in the 80s. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, but it I don't think it is. So I don't think just coming back to the 80s is, um, is good enough for so the current threat. Yeah, you're right. And key to that point is, listen, we are, we are way too selfish. The amount... Every the, getting out of your comfort zones—that's that, almost everybody. One reason a lot of guys, even if they know what they're seeing is wrong, don't get up out of the stands. I, I listen to me, Mister Salt. I, I'm actually gonna give people a sense of I understand to some extent because we're too isolated. You don't know you're the guys next to you anymore. Really, you don't know that they've got your back. You know, you, part of being on a team, you, Steve, I think you've used this metaphor before. You know, if you were actually on a team, you kind of may have hated that SOB that wore the same jersey as you, but it, when it came down to push comes a shove. Sure. You got the, that's, that, this is a real problem. I, 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 listen, we've, we've got too many men who spend most of their time just doing their own thing. They're in isolation all the time. They're in their office. They're they're in their living room. But they're not getting out in community nearly as much as all of human history. That's a huge problem. And the main reason most men don't want to change it, and if they just, it, they're just selfish. They're just. I, I. This is what I like. This is my time. This is my hobby. Okay, then you don't get to complain when they trans your kids. I guess. Next, speaking of the 80s, Sting. Um, Sting says his six children will not inherit his 180 million pound fortune. And this comes from our colleague Oran McIntyre, who writes, clear sign of a dying civilization. Every generation behaving as if it's the last one. Destruction of patrimony is treated as a symbol of status. No notion of duty to a particular lineage, only generational self-annihilation as an offering to the spirit of the age. I agree with every word of that. Listen, would I, would I like to think that maybe this is him making some kind of statement about, I don't want him to be spoiled, pampered, you know, I do, you know we were a, a street punk rock, you know, new wave band that had to work from the, you know, from the mean streets of Birmingham, England, or wherever the hell <laughs> they were from, okay, and work our way up into being global superstars, and I don't want life too easy for my kids. I'd love to think that's the case, but this is a guy who has, who has become, who's like, over the years, become obsessed with something called tantric sex, so I'm kind of thinking, it's probably not the case, you know what I'm saying? Probably not the case. Okay, what I see is the what I see and why I chose this. This is the ultimate boomer statement right here. We're the generation on the macro that wrecked Western civilization. And on the micro, I'm not even leaving something for my own kids, even if I could. And he certainly can. So that's why I chose it. Idolatry or not. Yeah, this is an idolatry, though, but it cuts two ways. So the one of the first 
accounts that I saw post this headline from The Guardian about Sting, I was like, yep, I had the same reaction that you did. Then I looked at the replies, and it was full of ostensibly millennials and Zoomers saying that this was selfish, that he should be giving his money to kids, and that's the, that, that's the job of parents. And yes, in a perfect society, you would hope that your parents leave you something. That's been going up, that's been going on time in memoriam. However, just seeing this from a millennial standpoint, I would not even, I can't, I can't fathom expecting my parents to leave me anything, like expecting that as just a fact of life. That's a good point too. So yeah. those replies are also idolatrous in my mind as well. Just this idol of money and comfort and expectation that, um, uh, and, and it's just a, a level of, um, What's the term? You deserve this? No. But those millennials, I believe, and Zoomers, I believe, were taught that by their parents. This level of um, I deserve all of this. So this this idol, this idol, uh, you know, it cuts both ways. I agree with everything both of you said on that front. I think Shaquille O'Neal, didn't he say like a year or two ago he was going to leave his kids like a portion of it? But then the rest, no, because he didn't want them to be spoiled. I have no problem with that yeah. either. Okay. I mean, how many wives does Sting have? And was he, or was are these I kids he, all from? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I know, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. I don't. Because I could see having a slightly to greatly different answer if I knew how he, I mean, we're thinking in a vacuum here, what kind of father he was to them. Is he just, has he always been basically a default deadbeat? De I have no idea. I'm looking it up right now. Um, um, While you do that, I, there's been this, th this video went viral last week of this girl, probably in her 20s, talking about this, uh, what she described as the funniest trauma of her childhood. And she describes how her dad ran out on the family when she was five years old yeah. to pursue a career in breakdancing. And he actually got very good at breakdancing and was featured on number, uh, a number of outlets and uh, claims that he never paid any of her medical bills uh, growing up. The dad came out with, a, did you see this, Todd? The dad came oh. out with a response video yesterday and saying, oh, no, she's mis I have a great relationship with my daughter. I thought, you know, she's mischaracterizing. He said, oh, I can see how when you're five years old, it looks like, you know, dad is abandoning the family. But I just live down the street. Also, I paid millions of dollars to uh, her mother in child support, $18,000 every month, $600,000 into the kids' college fund. And uh, she's a screenwriter in Hollywood. And my other daughter's a, a hedge fund manager on Wall Street. It, that is sociopathic. Nothing about actually being a father. I don't care how many millions of dollars you actually give to your kids. You, you think the definition of family is just offspring. No. That's, I think that goes part and parcel with this Sting story. Yeah, so, so, by the way, on Sting, he's on his second marriage. Um, his first marriage broke up because he slept with uh, his wife's best friend. And that's the woman he ended up marrying like eight years later. They were unmarried for several years, had three children. And then married several years later and had their wedding blessed um, by St. Andrew uh, uh, Parish um, there in, uh, in southwest England. 
And he, the guy has been involved in every, basically every left wing can, yeah. uh, cause you could possibly imagine. How much for your principles thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last one. Ready? Try one of our $3 anus melts, Hardee's. I don't have a problem with this. <laughs> is it smoked? This is a this is a chili cheese dog, right? These hot dogs are made up of pigs' anuses, right? Look at Aaron trying to make reason of a typo. This is just my favorite typo so far this year. I, it's clear they mean to say Angus melts, I'm guessing, oh. right? For Angus beef? Yes. Okay. But they they somehow Angus became anus. No one caught this. I gotta be. I'm just. I mean, this this isn't the San Francisco Hardee's. I'm guessing. It's been a spell since I. Hardee's used to be pretty good, but when's the last time I've ne- I can't remember. I mean, it's been like 20 years since I've been to a Hardee's. Really? Oh, they're, yeah. They're still yeah. pretty good, Todd. I don't. Okay. I don't. I just I, don't. I just can't eat that much of that fast food stuff very much anymore. But I do recall Hardee's maybe having the best fast food burger back in the day. Correct. And didn't they? I, I, I think I think they served Angus meat though, not anus meat. Yeah. At least I'm hoping that's what they served. I went there not that long ago, and it's still fantastic. Did you better than McDonald's? Better than way better than Burger King. Did you guys see Lindsey Graham's car going through the drive-through there? Anyway, Todd, I knew uh, that was coming. Did you? I was hoping the clock would run out. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't see, here's the thing with the Lindsey Graham stuff. We've now, we went from last year, this has gone on long enough, let it go. Now the inbox has completely, the pendulum has swung the other way, guys. Where I've got men and women making requests on a regular basis um, to bring it back on some level. That they just, they, they miss it. And I, I just... Speaking th- of idolatry or not. <laughs> I just threw that in because I knew my inbox was going to be full of people that said, you missed an opportunity, a Lindsey Graham opportunity. What, is, what has happened to you? What is wrong with you? And so I just, I felt like the shot had to be taken. Sometimes you just have to take the shot, Todd. Sometimes you just have to take the shot. Fair? You got to do, as you said. Yes, you have you to gotta do. You got to do. And apparently at that hard ease, I believe it's in Florida, you've got to do the, uh, the $3 anus melts. It's probably Putin's fault. It's always Putin's fault, indeed. When we come back, Pop Culture Tuesday next. For a decade now, Patriot Mobile has been on the vanguard of helping to build the parallel economy, which... Unfortunately, is slower in coming than we had hoped, but fortunately is fully here. One area where that we all need, and that's with our mobile phones. Make the switch today to Patriot Mobile, America's only American mobile phone company left. And you won't have to fund anymore directly people who hate you. And you'll get outstanding service as well. Our family's been with Patriot Mobile for the last couple of years. We can't do anything but rave. They have just been fantastic for us. With their 100% U.S.-based customer service team, which means you can understand them. All right, so make the switch today. And if you're a veteran or first responder, when you make the switch, let them know they've got extra ways to say thank you for your service. And for everybody else, use my name, Steve, as your promo code you'll get a free activation with the promo code steve at patriotmobile.com slash steve if you make the switch by the way you get access to all the major networks out there you can switch to them uh, back and forth whenever you need to for free 
by being a member of Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Again, PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Use the promo code Steve. All right, a couple of items here on Pop Culture Tuesday to get to that just so happen to be nefarious related. And let's start with, with, with one that I was stunned to see this. I, I did not expect this at all. Plugged In, which is the, uh, the pop culture publication for Focus on the Family, has come out with its top five nominees for Christian Movie of the Year last year. And you can go to uh, PluggedIn.com uh, and you can vote there in the comments section of this piece. Here are the, uh, the nominees uh, that, that they gave for Best Christian Movie. Uh, the Hiding Place, uh, which is an update of the story of Corey Ten Boom, which I did not know was done. So having loved that story, I might have to look that movie up. Jesus Revolution, which was the highest, well, I, I, I mean, I, well, I mean, Sound of Freedom is not an, an exp, is. Is not an faith is at the center of the plot, but I wouldn't call it a Christian film. It's not. That's not its, its primary mission is the exposing of human trafficking. Which so that if, so that would be a higher grossing film than Jesus Revolution, but the most explicitly Christian film of last year from a box office success standpoint, number one was Jesus Revolution. Um, they have Journey to Bethlehem here, which a movie I had some issues with. With and another movie that um, I'm not familiar with called surprised by oxford um and then the fifth nominee little movie i know something about nefarious i I did not expect to get positive acclaim from focus on the family i i just didn't Uh, They write, the movie Nefarious is an odd thing, an R-rated Christian horror film. Both the rating and the genre might scare off potential viewers, but there's still a story that's potentially worth considering here. We meet psychologist Dr. James Martin, who must certify that a convicted mass murderer, Edward Wayne Brady, is sane enough to be executed. Martin is supremely confident going into the conversation, despite the prison warden's warning that Brady will mess with him. And so he does. Brady's claims to be possessed by a demon named Nefarious, which Martin initially believes is a scheme to evade execution. But what if the doctor is wrong? What if the condemned man in front of him really is possessed? Uh, Lewis, the back and forth conversation between the two reminds viewers at some points of C.S. Lewis's demonic dialogue in the screw tape letters. As for the R rating, it's for a violent moment near the film's end, and you'll know when to close your eyes or fast forward. Nefarious is undoubtedly intense, but this spookily provocative film might just prompt redemptive conversations about how Satan deceives us, too. And that is from Focus on the Family, which named Nefarious one of its nominees for Best Christian Movie of 2023. What do you two think? This was a very pleasant surprise because I remember reading the plugged in review of Nefarious back last April, and I just thought it was very soft headed. Like they didn't understand what this was a tool for. Like willfully didn't. And, and that was kind of my uh, contention. Uh, or that, that was kind of my inclination. So very pleasant surprise. And uh, it's, it's obviously deserving because I, I go back to what the intent of this film is and one of the at least what it ended up being is incredibly subversive. I just recall last April going through uh, Twitter uh, the weekend of its release and watching people 
thinking going in there thinking it was something uh, that it wasn't, and then going out and saying, "Hey, I got I got bamboozled." Um, that was that was very satisfying, and it just seemed like Focus on the Family back then did not understand that. Todd, yeah, I am shocked. Uh, One of the great problems with modern-day Christianity is that a lot of Christians who have the right doctrine sheet in front of them will then turn into the person that internally it's it's about a look uh-huh that this is what being loving jesus like it's it's a posture it's a it's a presentation and this is very it's a vibe yeah well yes and this is very well in one of the competitors this is this is one of the most compelling parts about jesus revolution it's like well yeah jesus is for everybody but not you dirty hippies i mean that mm-hmm. And they do, and now, of course, and then that one of the the prime dirty hippie ends up having, you know, his own look. See, we all have feet of clay. It turns out he, the guy who taught Chuck. Mm-hmm. Chuck Smith. Chuck yeah. about, oh yeah, you're right about this. Also then had to be taught in reverse by Chuck and other people. Oh yeah, yours are. And, and you basically sti- fell into a pit for yeah. several years. Yes. Is what Lonnie did, yeah. So, but that's, that's, a pro- no, it's, it's. It started off in the manger amongst the animals. The, like, uh, uh, the modern-day Christian is, is just drunk on the, you know, the, 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 the church in the suburb, and we're all happy here, and everything's fine here. How are you? And so the fact that it's, I mean, really, let's, for all the good work that Focus on the Family has done over the years to the degree that it's, you know, fallen off of its perch, so to speak. It's probably, am I being fair? I don't want to be yes. that this, okay, that this is, yeah, okay, everybody got, everybody all soft. A little suburban soft. So the fact, and that this is, I, I, I got angry about this, um, b- both before and after Nefarious came out because I, this is the one, it was one of my big worries, and unfortunately it came to pass that this is, the suburban soft was not going to allow a lot of people to let, uh, this movie in, in, in their hearts, not, bec- not, not to make money, but because this, this, it, this movie is real. It's the same thing, um, as, uh, father stew. Uh, you, you need to be talked to in a certain people at certain times need to be talked to in a certain way. And when you're in prison there on death row and some guy who has no ability to connect with you starts saying, I'm, you know, it's funny in airplane, but uh, yes, stewardess, I speak jive. He's like, you're a poser. And then Mark Wahlberg's character tells him exactly gets to their heart in a second. And so we can have a real conversation about Jesus. But if you can't do that, you know, we're wasting our time. So this is it. I'm, I'm a little amazed. I want to follow up with what you just said with a proposal for a, a Christian movie here in a moment. After I tell folks and remind them about our friends over at Hillsdale, we have a national crisis right now in education, particularly civics education. And that is also why you're seeing 18 to 30 year olds right now are those most likely to reject our founding fathers, reject patriotism, support the removal of historical statues and basically the uh, the undoing of our of our heritage as Americans. 
Uh, Hillsdale is trying to do something about it on multiple fronts. One of them is producing 60-second spots called Constitution Minutes that have clear lessons on the principles of liberty. If you want to hear a Constitution Minute, share it with a young person you know. Uh, visit daceforhillsdale.com, daceforhillsdale.com. And while you're there, reserve a free pocket copy of the Constitution as well, courtesy of Hillsdale. But uh, they want to get these out far and wide to as many of the next generation as possible. Daceforhillsdale.com, because they're not going to get it in the government schools. Daceforhillsdale.com is where you want to go for the Constitution Minute at daceforhillsdale.com. If, I know we have a lot of homeschool families in our audience. I think this would be a terrific tool along those lines as well. Uh, daceforhillsdale.com. Here's an idea for a movie. Here's an idea for a Christian movie. All right. Uh, violent, bloody war, brutal hand-to-hand combat. I mean, people are being destroyed, disemboweled. Uh, the enemy general goes into a tent um, of, of an ally uh, and or really at the ally let's make it like the ally is like his his his, his is, is it's really his ally's wife he's in this tent hiding out with this ally's wife thinking okay here's where I can get some rest I can get some food I can get you know sort of recharge before I go out into this vicious and bloody battle and while he's asleep his ally's wife um, nails a, uh, a peg into his head and crushes a skull. Thoughts on that for a Christian film? What do you think? That's the plot. I I just took it right out of the scriptures, by the way. That's right out of the book of Judges. That's what happens. There's a war. And the general of the uh, pagan armies goes into a tent owned by one of his allies and his wife takes a peg and pounds it into his skull because he's not aware that his his allies made a peace deal with Israel and so when she's got the general there in her tent she takes a peg and takes a mallet and hammers it into his skull to crush it to crush his skull and kill is there it. a catchy Sunday school tune you can set that to yeah I'm not I'm not sure that was in uh you know the Lego Bible either for your little kids, but that's right out of the scriptures. Could we make that into a Christian movie today? Along the lines of what you're just saying about the vibe and everything else? There you go. All right, one more thing on um one more one more thing on Nefarious for Pop Culture Tuesday. Um we became available on Amazon Prime for subscribers about a month ago. And we have our first monthly estimates. So if you are if you if you're in the public looking for numbers, Amazon, Netflix, these places won't give you any numbers at all. Unlike the box office where you can go find all this stuff online, you can't find any of this. You have to be in business with them and they share it with you proprietary. So we have the initial 30-day estimates from Amazon for Nefarious. It's been started at least three million times. It's been fully watched at least two million times. To put that in perspective. That would mean in one month on Amazon, more people have seen our movie. Uh, a little bit more. It's close. I think it's about 1.5 is what we saw in theaters. We had, what, a seven-week theatrical run? So more people saw our movie in a month on Amazon Prime than saw it in seven weeks in theaters. Those numbers are astounding, frankly. Absolutely astounding. 
What do you think? Well, I think get getting Christian pop culture content out into the ether. It's it's like we talked about actually, uh, and most recently, I, th- I think I was when Anna was on on Thursday. You know, very rarely do you have a debate with somebody. Even, you know, it doesn't even have to be faith, but political or something like that, where like a winner or a loser is declared right then. I think also just because of how sedentary people are, they don't even, you know, they don't go out to the movies as much anymore for a lot of different reasons. Just Netflix and chill people that, you know, you, it's, you, you don't necessarily, you have to be patient. You always have had to be patient, have the long view in mind in terms of planting those seeds. But this is not necessarily a, a nefarious story. I think a lot of content is tripped upon this way sooner, uh, um, later rather than sooner. So that's why you just need to be—you need to be in the ring. You need to have it available as one of other options within this pop culture thing. Because I don't—I don't think all these people are like, I, yes, I've been—I've de- been absolutely aware of nefarious this entire time. Right. But now I've just—I agree. Finally, I think you know it's—it finally found them. Aaron, I'll let you have the last word here after we tell our fan, fan, friends here about uh, new founding. Remember when businesses were just about let's you know make the best product for the best bottom line we could. And provide jobs so people can take care of their families. What happened? Well, wokeness, DEI, ESG, they've basically conquered America's best companies. But the spirit of the American entrepreneur is still free. Now more than ever, the best founders in America are walking away from corrupt big corporations, blazing their own trail. If you want to take part in rallying these founders who just want to get back to the original American ideal of building inspiring and disruptive companies, the best in the world. New founding is investing in these companies through their venture fund. The companies they invest in are defined by a simple question. Does the country we want to live in need the company this person is building? If the answer is yes, you can join them. Uh, Venture investing, not for everyone, but if you're a serious accredited investor who wants to see a more hopeful future for the country, go to newfounding.com backslash venture fund and apply to be an investor. That's newfounding.com backslash venture fund. Again, newfounding.com backslash venture fund. You can join their venture fund today. Aaron? This sounds glib, a little trite, what I'm about to say, because... I wasn't the one or one of the ones who had to deal with union strikes suddenly or bacterial infections suddenly or squirrel ransacked my cat. What was that uh, in the director's house? Yes. A squirrel got into uh, and defecated, defecated and, on and, a yeah. display, a, desecrated, a, desecrated mass, a, yeah. a mass display suddenly. Yeah. I wasn't the one who had to deal with that. What this reminds me, though, is that and again, this sounds glib and trite because I didn't have to deal with that stuff. God's plan and timing is not always what we expect, sometimes desire, or sometimes um, uh, just would prefer. The fact that this movie now, almost a year after it came out in theaters, is making, it looks like, headways into millions of people's homes Mm -hmm. is God moving in a way that 
was probably not hoped for with the theatrical release. But even that theatrical release, it was not just some huge blockbuster hit. But how many weeks was it in theaters? Somehow. Seven weeks. Somehow it was in theaters still for seven weeks. There are just... There are some moments that you have to put your hands up and say, uh, literally, Jesus, take the wheel here. Because we put our blood, sweat, and tears and bacterial infections into this project. And it's kind of out of our hands from here. Would you have expected a year ago, Steve, or less than a year, that in a span of a month, this would get streamed to completion two million times? And that doesn't count how many people are sitting in the room at a time watching it. I guess I should make note of that. Great point. Praise God. Romans 8.28. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.